to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, welcome, everybody. Let's just jump right in here. Plenty to go over. A few stories to tell, uh, a couple of audio clips, perhaps, and a few other things to sort of uh, ruminate, if you will. First of all, on my website, I wanted everybody to be aware of this and make them aware. Um, I have a documents section on my webpage. So, for example, bounce over to AmericanEducationFM.com and scroll down, and you'll see a section that says PDF documents, and then it'll say click here to view and download. The very first document that I have available in PDF form, if you're interested, is a multivitamin and nutrient purchase list. And here's why I bring this up. The FDA is cracking down on not just, of course, hydroxychloroquine, but they're starting to put out a lot of articles out there about ivermectin and bashing ivermectin. They're also doing the exact same thing with NAC, N-acetylcysteine, and they're doing the exact same thing with Qcertin, if I'm saying that right, which I'm probably not. Um, they, they, there's also a ton of information out there that's been bouncing around regarding just basic supplements and basic multivitamins and how the FDA is thinking about tossing um, over-the-counter tossing away the over-the-counter labels that exist on them and, and that they have to be uh, prescription only. The point is this, is that, and, and well, frankly, this is exactly how part of this got brought up, and I'm going to mention this story sort of as quickly as I can, although it's not, it's not unusual, unfortunately, and it's becoming more and more common. I have a family member who uh, is married to an individual who uh, took the jabs, both of them, of course, are extended family, but uh, they live with one another, as you would expect, and he has transmitted uh, the jab side effects, so to speak, onto his wife. Now, she became very ill, uh, at least 10 days plus, um, fever, you name it. They took all the multivitamins, they took hydroxychloroquine, they didn't have ivermectin uh, by their side at the time, and then they ended up going to their urgent care after 10 plus days. Their urgent care was packed to the gills, and they weren't even allowed in. So they had to make a online or over-the-phone appointment to then show up the next day to then wait in the parking lot to then be able to get in and then ultimately make the appointment. And they were they, they took a COVID test. They haven't been jabbed, as I said before, but they did take a COVID test, which of course we all know are false. But uh, and they tested negative. But then they were diagnosed at this urgent care with pneumonia, and then they were given uh, antibiotics. And there you have it. So once they went to the pharmacist, they were told again that. NAC was taken off the shelves, and the pharmacist said that they're not allowed to even give it out anymore. And then they said the same thing about Qcertin. Again, if, I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, but um, again, just a, a, a basic vitamin that you can get just about anywhere. I've I, Again, I noticed that uh, NAC was taken off of Amazon a number of weeks ago, but you can still obtain it a number of places online. And that's where I have all of these links on this particular document. So again, bounce over to AmericanEducationFM.com if you're interested, and you can download this PDF where I have 
a number of different uh, multivitamins and uh, sort of a nutrient purchase list of, of where to obtain these things if one is interested. And there's also a, a two charts on this PDF I also have. There's a chart that describes um, what to take, when to take it, uh, in particular regarding ivermectin, uh, the dosage, all of that stuff. Of course, if you obtain all of that through America's Frontline Doctors, which again is another link that I have on the forum on on what to do and how to do that. Uh, it, it comes with a prescription anyway, so you can certainly compare and contrast and, and make your own choice there. Um, there's also an anonymous explanation of how COVID and the vaccine is working inside of the human body uh, on that same form if you're interested in reading it. So it's certainly interesting, but again, I'm just creating these documents here and making them available for anybody who wants them. Again, they're all free downloads. No big deal. So AmericanEducationFM.com, and then you can click on the documents section and uh, download the PDF if interested. So there's that. There was also a story uh, from earlier in the week describing how 400 plus 12 to 18 year olds have myocarditis as a result of the jabs. I will, I will say this. Every single time that we hear about a number regarding you know, infected for one reason or another, but they have, you know, this many students has this many side effects or this many teenagers has this many side effects, et cetera, et cetera. The number is always worse. The number is always way bigger. It can't possibly only be 400. And again, I don't know where they're pulling that number from. I don't know if it's just Vayers. I don't know where they're getting it because there are multiple reporting systems and then of course you have to take into account the simple fact that not everything is being reported that countless individuals are just saying well he just you know he's an athlete and now he just has a heart problem no did he take the jabs or not and again that's one of those things that you're really not hearing about in the mainstream media you know we're hearing about the nurses that are quitting and leaving the profession. I was listening to a radio show just yesterday, and a nurse called in and said that they are remarkably understaffed. 20 to 25% of their nurses are gone, and they're leaving for a variety of reasons, as you would expect. They don't want to take the jabs, they're being fired, or they have taken the jabs and they're, and they're ill. And she said that she just sees that number climbing. The number that we're not hearing on a day-in and day-out basis, and I have yet to hear the mainstream media cover this in the slightest, has to do with American K-12 school teachers, employees, and those in higher ed. We haven't heard these numbers. Now, when Dr. Robin McCutcheon was on last on this podcast, she very straightforward said 80% of the faculty at Marshall University in West Virginia is jabbed. 80%. And again, we're not to cold and flu season yet, so to speak. So I, I just think that the writing is on the wall here again. That's number one. But number two, I want to take this a step further because I haven't said this, I haven't said this piece either. And it hit me the other day and I thought to myself, yeah, that's another domino to fall. So let's just keep thinking about which dominoes are going to fall here. I've said that the jabbed 
probably aren't going to be able to, again, attend school, so they're going to have to revert back to online learning. They're not going to be able to get the substitutes to fill in. That's not going to be a a viable option for them. They're going to have to go back to virtual learning at the K-12 and higher ed level. Once that happens, if the individuals, again, are very sick, they're not going to be able to do the virtual online learning either. I think that that is the next domino to fall after those other dominoes fall. They're just not going to be able to. The the students are going to be forced to go back home, and then they're going to say, well, my teacher's not grading this. My teacher's not responding to this. And and again, you're, you're talking about, I mean, it's... It has a smile on my face to some extent, although this entire thing is is sad, but uh, you know, watching the whole thing cave in isn't that bad of a thing either from where I'm sitting, but it's certainly going to create a level of conflict that's never been seen before, even based on what happened last year. I mean, that domino falling alone, not even being able to have virtual because your employees are hospitalized. I, I, I think that that's, that's the next one to fall. If I was to even think more dimensionally about it and provide another domino to fall, I would say that they're going to start asking the healthy teachers to then start covering for the classes that the unhealthy teachers can't virtually teach. I think that's going to be another domino that will fall. Uh, and again, this entire thing is going to get really, really complicated real, real quick. I wouldn't be surprised, again, if schools close down a little earlier than maybe expected. And I'm only taking into account a few, of, of course, of the other things that are going on in the world right now, like the audits, for example, the voter fraud that's been, uh, of course, known for quite some time, uh, and so on and so on, But because all of that is playing together. There's another option, which again is one of those unfortunate things that we have to at least bring up as, again, a potential option here, and it's an unfortunate one, and that's the business of a false flag or a school shooting. When was the last time we heard of a school shooting? When was the last time we, you know, we heard of that? A real one. I'm not talking about the fake ones that have happened because there's, Lord knows there's been plenty of those, Sandy Hook. But the point is, is that a real one, uh, is also a, a potential a potential option in the future because um, they need another distraction. There has to be another distraction and another reason to close schools, and who knows? I'm just throwing that out there as something to think about. So certainly, um, you know, the old see something, say something um, is, I think, more more relevant today possibly than ever before. In particular, with everything that is going on and uh, and uh, the numerous different options of of what could happen, so yeah, certainly certainly something to think about and and something to consider. I wanted to play this audio too of uh, G, uh, what's her name, Lena Wen, old Doctor Wen, and uh, here she's listed as a emergency physician, but she's a communist, and she's not associated with anything. And I've I've played her audio before, and you've you've heard her voice before, I'm certain. But what she says here again, she's she's a communist. She is a paid enemy of the state. She's receiving funding to go on CNN, MSNBC, normally CNN, and uh, and and peddle her propaganda. 
and you know what she's saying is beyond absurd. And again, what the what the CDC said and and the old Biden administration said just the other day is completely absurd. That they're now asking individuals to force force mandate jabs on people, even though the DOJ, as corrupt as they are, has said that you can't do that. And then once I'm done with this audio and and you uh, listen to her crazy her her crazy voice and crazy mouth, uh, at the very least. I, I want to discuss how, again, some of these states are complying, um, you know, with the Constitution, so to speak, and 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 not doing the mask mandates or the jabs, and then many of them are, and even when when that's happening, you still have in the states where they're saying we're not doing any of this, you're still having districts that are doing it. So give this a listen, real quick. And again, this is Doctor Wynn. That when vaccinated and unvaccinated people are mixing, unless there is proof of vaccination, everybody should still be wearing masks. And so I actually support what the CDC is now doing, which is going back to this indoor mask requirement, because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated, that they have been walking around without masks. And in fact, that's what led to the surge that we're seeing. Now, as I said in the past, there are countless states, again, that are Still mandating the mask, uh, you know, the masks, even even for the jabbed, the, the fully jabbed. From an immune system standpoint, we know that that's going to harm those school teachers and those and those teenage students and the administrators and whatever. Oxygen deficiency is enormous when it comes to destroying one's immune system, in particular when it comes to the onset of cancer. Having said all of that. It's inevitable that countless people are going to end up sick. Now, the states that are mandating the masks on a, the, the mask wearing on a constant basis, um, we, we've got plenty of plenty of counties in New York, Virginia is doing it. Um, I believe Colorado is doing it. We know California is doing it. There are others. Um, I'm certain of that. But you also have countless states that have said, "Yeah, we're not doing that ever, ever again." Not that they ever did in the first place, like South Dakota, Texas, and, and a number of others. Even Arizona has said they're not going to do it, as, as wild as they are out there. Florida, the exact same thing. Problem is, is that you still have local school districts that are still doing it. And they're still going to do it. Why? Because, again, they're still taking orders from their health departments. And their county health departments and local health departments are receiving orders from the CDC. And the uh, Biden administration directly, they hear one of these videos, they say, okay, that's it, we got to do this. Or they receive an email that says, we recommend that you do this. Well, look at everything that they recommended a year ago. They're just doing it again. It's the exact same thing again. I've, I've said this before, but it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat over and over and over again. One of the also unfortunate things is every now and again, I'll bounce around on the internet and see what uh, my old school district was doing in the school district where I worked a number of years ago. Unfortunately, they too are jabbing teenagers in school as long as they have a parent present and they have uh, proof of their age with some form of identification. And they're doing it again in in a middle school. I cannot tell you nor stress enough how much blood is going to be on their hands and already is on their hands as a result of what they've done. 
These are individuals, again, that are completely brainwashed. They are not reading. They are not listening. They are following their orders, and their orders are to sterilize and kill teenagers. That's happening in K-12 schools. Again, one of the earlier titles of a, of a podcast episode was Murder is Now Policy in K-12 Schools. That's not an exaggeration. It's just not. You cannot have countless cases of myocarditis, which, by the way, is just one of countless deadly symptoms that, res- that is a, a, a permanent side effect as a result of these jabs. But, but the, if the jabs don't kill them immediately, the idea of the jab is to kill them over the course of time. And again, they have no idea that they're being sterilized, and the parents aren't thinking either. But you're talking about a quote-unquote health department. Now think of how many health departments there are. There are countless health departments. And again, most schools are taking direct advice and direct orders from those health departments. Think of how many teenagers are being sterilized right now, all across the United States and across the world. It's absolutely awful. It's awful. So that's happening. And just because, again, um, you know, you may not think that it's happening down the street or, or, or at your local school, it's not to say that it won't in the future or that they won't try or that they're not even, you know, that they're not doing it sort of behind the scenes. Um, I'm sure it was in a local newspaper down in Florida where they were doing this, but you know, I I had to bounce around and, and, and find it on the internet, and it didn't take very long. So it's always worth a phone call, again, to local school districts and, and your local school boards to see what they're doing because they should not be doing this. Um, they're permanently maiming and killing teenagers as a result of these jabs. So that's I, I would say that's number one, without a doubt. If anybody's curious as to how many emails or email responses I received from the 10 or 11 school districts with all of their administrators and board members uh, that I received back when I emailed all of them about what they were doing and had bullet point lists and references and, and videos and articles and XYZ about these jabs and what they're doing, I've received zero replies. None. Zero. In fact, I have it on pretty good authority that some of them um, have spammed my email and they simply click spam. This is a spam email. And then they, you know, anytime that I email them in the future, that's, that's how they receive their email. And then they just delete it. They're not listening to the public on this. They aren't. They're not listening to the public. They are not heeding any warning here that's taking place. They just aren't. The only way the only way to get the attention of these local school boards is to start showing up with actual doctors, medical doctors, and lawyers showing up to these board meetings. And again, I've, I've mentioned this in the past, but instead of yelling about critical race theory and perverted books, which again are horrible, but we're talking about the sterilization and murder of children. A book can wait. A, a, a fake ideology can wait. The tip of the spear here has to be these jabs. In particular, yes, the mask wearing, of course, that goes without saying, but it's got to be the jabs also. That's what needs to be brought up in these meetings. That's what has to be brought up in these school board meetings. And I'm not hearing that. I'm still not hearing that. What I'm also, again, not hearing, and I alluded to it earlier, is 
We're not hearing about teachers that have quit the profession. We're not hearing about how teachers know that what's going on is abuse. I played the clip in the last episode of the UK school teacher who quit. Why are we not hearing about that more often in America? Why are we not hearing American K-12 school teachers say this? Why are we not hearing American higher ed school teachers saying this? And keep in mind, I mean, I'm trying to find them. I'm trying. I'm bouncing around BitChute. I'm bouncing around Gab. I'm bouncing around some of the anonymous online chat boards. I'm not finding it. I'm not finding them saying these things. I mean, yeah, I'm not on TikTok, Facebook, and, and, and Twitter, nor would I ever. But the point is, is that we're not hearing enough from those teachers. So I'm going to extend yet another invitation. If anybody knows of a school teacher or an administrator who has quit because they know of these abuses that are taking place with the masks and the jabs and the distancing and whatever, and they've quit their job, I want to hear from them. Have them reach out to me, americaneducationfm at protonmail.com is my website. All the information is on the website, americaneducationfm.com. We've got to hear about what's going on more at the local level regarding the jab. Because again, they're walking right into the slaughterhouse by willfully participating. And again, to do that on school property That means that the school board gave them permission to do it, which means the school board is going along with it. They're going along with it. They're just as guilty as as anybody else who either created the poisonous jabs or is administering the poisonous jabs themselves. The school boards and administration themselves are in on this. And that's, again, that's happening in Florida, which means it's happening lots of other places too. And it doesn't help that Governor DeSantis comes out there and says, you know, I've had the vaccine and the vaccines work and the blah, blah, blah. Governor, no, they don't. No, they don't. People are dying. People are dying. And children are being served up in this entire process. It's an abomination and it has got to stop. We're long, I mean, we're way past it needing to stop, but it has got to stop. So, I want to hear from these teachers. I want to hear if they're out there. They can remain anonymous on this podcast. That's fine. Just get a hold of me, and uh, and I'll have you on, and you can talk about what's going on. I also wanted to talk about the financial aspect of this as well, because we know that countless school districts, in fact, it's all of them, all public school districts, or those that are at least tied with state departments of education, have all been receiving, quote-unquote, COVID relief funds, okay? We're talking about tens of millions of dollars for every single school district. COVID relief funds. Where is this money going? Well, based on the last video that I played in the last episode, in just that little clip, that parent in in Carmel, Indiana, in the Carmel Public City School Board or Carmel School Board meeting, they were clearly saying that teachers are not receiving, at least in their school district, not receiving pay increases, but administrators are, assistant administrators, school principals, and then district office officials, and that they were also going to re-up the superintendent's um, contract within a very short amount of time and extended another five years or whatever it was. I'm going to write another Substack article here in in the near future about the finance aspect of all of this combined with the grade manipulation 
aspect of all of what's been going on here over the last year and a half. We are talking about, ladies and gentlemen, the largest steal of money and laundering of money and misappropriation of funds ever, ever, potentially, ever in the history of K-12 American education, if not higher education as well. One, one particular school district that continues to stick out in my mind because I, I've watched their board meetings and they're an absolute embarrassment. And, and the people sitting at these tables who are the school board members are some of the dumbest human beings that I've ever heard in my life. And believe me, they're everywhere. And they tend to sit on school boards. But it's Westerville City Schools, which again, I, I have some ties to from a family standpoint, but regarding my own niece and nephew attending that, that god-awful school district, but they, it's, it's a suburb in the uh, Columbus area, northeast, uh, northeast Columbus area. I watched one of their board meetings months ago, and I may have even had an episode about it, and I was commenting on it a little bit. In fact, I did. But at one point, very quickly, again, this was there, there were no people in the room, and it was just one of those, it wasn't a Zoom call, but it was being taped with all of them in the room, but there were no, there were no parents or anybody else. They immediately, you know, with, with a snap of fingers and a level of ease I've never seen before, approved 42 point something something million dollars in COVID relief fund. And they all got big smiles on their faces and they went, I, 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 and they all just voted it in just like that. Again, where is that money going? And we're not talking about funds that also include everybody's salaries. That's, that, that's not what we're talking about. Th these COVID relief funds is, is all of this extra money. Now, again, basic math. How many school districts exist in the United States of America? Take that number and multiply it by, we'll say, $40 million. I mean, that's how much money is being wasted. And what are they spending it on? Again, the shower curtains, the masks, the plexiglass, what they're calling the PPE. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. It is psychological warfare with a dollar sign on it where people are profiting from it, of course, we know that, and then they're giving themselves a little bit extra, and then they're paying off, as I've said in past episodes, their own cell phones or a car payment or whatever. This is, stealing is now common practice in K-12 education. So we're, we're through stealing, we're through murder, we're through abuse. What else do people have to do to start to recognize that these environments are criminal organizations now. I don't know how else you define it. I, I, again, I commented on the 5G thing. I understand not everybody's up to speed on 5G and how poisonous it is. It's just radiation beyond radiation. I mean, that's bad enough. But let's, let's ignore 5G just for a second and just look again at the money aspect of it. And then you're talking about grade manipulation as well. Because think of all the differing opinions that you've had and, and the different talking heads that you've seen or heard, either on radio or TV or whatever. What have they all said regarding this past year? Many of them have said, online learning doesn't work. That's a lie, number one. 
Number two, they've said it's a quote-unquote lost year for education. That's also a lie. That's not true. An individual can learn anywhere, anytime, reading anything, in particular if it's nonfiction. And if they're using their powers of observation and their God-given ability to think, they're learning constantly. So this, this idea that government isn't teaching anybody anything because they're not in a brick-and-mortar building from 8 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon, that they're not learning anything, is propaganda, it's abusive, and it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Now again, speaking of absurdities, let me mention this and play this audio. This is Randy Weingartner, who is the president of the National Education Association. And as you would expect, they're running to CNN to get their message out to everybody that uh, they quote-unquote want universal masking for K-12 students. So give this a listen real quick. And again, Randy is a woman, R-A-N-D-I. And Randy's a monster. So again, this is what a monster sounds like. The data is for the vaccinated, they're very safe from hospitalization and death. The reason for masks, right, is that, is that the vaccinated can still spread this, right? And that, that's why exactly. I imagine you see the benefit of students masking uh, going forward as the school year opens. Exactly, exactly. So that's why the next question about will they stay open, that's where we worry because when you have lots of kids, particularly every child under 12 has not been vaccinated. Yeah. We see the Delta variant being very transmissible. And so that's why what masks do is masks stop transmission. So universal masking is going to be very helpful to keep kids safe, to keep the unvaccinated safe, and to keep schools open, because because you you saw it from some of your reporting already that you're already seeing some quarantining in places that thought they were going to open today. So school opening is really important. We need kids to be in school. We need everybody to be safe. We need to focus on on accelerated learning, and we need to focus on the emotional and and social well being of kids. So that's where that's why I come down to where the APA and the CDC recommends, which is as much as I, I mean, I'm asthmatic. I think yeah. these things, but we have to wear them to keep us safe and to keep our kids in schools. These are the most illiterate, incompetent criminals that have ever existed in the history of man. Period. Period. She's asthmatic. That's a good one. And then she holds up a little blue mask and waves it around. I hate these things. We hate you. See how that works? We hate you. So, here's the deal. It's, it, it's not... We're, we're past lying. We're, we're past lying. We're past the manipulation. And we're past even them you know, knowing that, that or, or at least thinking rather, that everybody's just stupid, that they have it all figured out, that they know the answer to everything, 
and that everybody just needs to acquiesce to the constant lying and manipulation that they set forth. Now, I've used this as an example in the past, and I'm actually going to read it this time. I've called what's happening here the cycle of abuse. I've said it time and time again, because it is the cycle of abuse. I used to teach this. I was formally educated in it. This is one of those things that you learn about when you're, when you're becoming a health educator. In fact, it should be one of those things that every educator learns, in particular when they're training to be a teacher. Unfortunately, they're not taught this. And then they enter these abusive environments and they can't put two and two together. So again, I'm going to read through this and then ask yourself a very simple question. Does this sound like American K-12 schools? Does this sound like American K, uh, you know, American colleges and universities? Because it should sound just like it. So here we go. This is the cycle of abuse as defined by the Workplace Mental Health Institute. Step one, stop you seeing friends and family. Step two, won't let you go out without permission. Step three, tell you what to wear. Step four, monitor your phone or emails. Step five, control or control the finances or won't let you work. Step six, control what you read, watch, and say. Step seven, monitor everything you do. Step eight, punish you for breaking the rules, but the rules keep changing. Step nine, tell you it is for your own good and that they know better. Step 10. Don't allow you to question it. Step 11. Tell you that you're crazy and that no one agrees with you. Step 12. Call you names or shame you for being stupid or selfish. Step 13. Gaslight you. Challenge your memory of events. Make you doubt yourself. Step 14. Dismiss your opinions. And step 15. Play the victim. If things go wrong, it's all your fault. And then you're back to step one again, which is stop seeing, stop you from seeing your friends and family. That's the cycle of abuse, ladies and gentlemen. That's the diagnosable signs of the cycle of abuse, and that is American K-12 education and higher education in a nutshell. It's also exactly what government is doing to people all over the world. And schools are government. So again, just to kind of wrap up here. If you're working in these environments, you're being abused time and time again with a bag of money hanging over top of you because you've got a mortgage payment, this, that, and the other. I feel bad for you. I really do. I feel bad for you. I've been in that situation myself. But right is right and wrong is wrong. And you have a moral decision to make. And frankly, it's non-participation that brings down the house of cards. You have to walk away. People have to walk away from this line of work. They just have to. They're being abused and parents are being abused. And they're sending their children back into these environments that are being abused. Which means one can't really say that the child 
isn't being abused in both the home and the school environment at the same time back and forth. We're talking about now generational abuse and normalizing this abuse, that somehow all of that is okay. None of it is okay. The only ones that aren't being abused right now are the ones that are homeschooling, the ones that aren't jabbed, aren't acquiescing to the jab, aren't wearing the masks, aren't complying that way, and are disobeying. Those are the ones that aren't being abused. Unfortunately, to some extent, they still are, they, they really still are because they're having to see the abuse constantly. They're having to watch it with other people and their fellow citizens, and that's difficult too. That's a, that, that's a difficult angle for a lot of people, myself included. I, I, I hate watching children or anybody wear masks because I've said this a million times. I see a mask. I see somebody who's not well. I see someone who, who isn't thinking for themselves and has no idea as to what's going on. Again, quick little story. I may have said this in the past. If I did, I apologize for repeating myself. But when I was in San Antonio, I was walking from the conference when the conference ended at the America's Frontline Doctors Conference back to the hotel. I was walking behind, right outside of the front door of the hotel, I was walking behind a fa- an Indian family. And they were all masked to the bone, all of them, including the little children. Uh, two little girls and and practically a newborn in a a stroller, and they're all wearing masks. The oldest daughter, who again was very, very young, but could walk, turned around, looked at me. We're going to elementary school age. Turned around, looked at me, immediately got panic in her eyes because I'm not wearing a mask, and then moved to her right, closer to her parents, and then grabbed onto her parents, and then turned and looked at me as I walked past them, and again, the look on her face was complete terror because I wasn't wearing a mask. It's that kind of thing. It's that programming. It's that sandpaper on the brain that just wears the human away. She's being worn away because she's being brainwashed by her brainwashed parents. It's wearing me away because I don't live in the Matrix. And I can see what's happening, happening, and I can see what's going on, and I know why. That disconnect in society is exactly what the enemy wants. They want that full disconnect. And again, if you're attending these environments, you're being abused. And it's the abusers that are allowing these environments to continue to exist and to continue to do what they're doing. Again... That cycle of abuse, you can you can look it up anywhere. It's also on my gab, at American Education FM. Feel free and check it out. Read it for yourself. You know, pass it around. Do whatever you want. But it is the cycle of abuse. There is absolutely no denying it. With that said, again, if you know of anybody who has been a school teacher, or you are, or ha- you know, or still are, or whatever, and you want to remain anonymous and come on the podcast and talk about what's going on in your school or your district and, and the, the abusive policies and your take and point of view and XYZ, please reach out to me, American Education FM at ProtonMail.com. Information's also on the website. My books are on the website, the store is on the website, mugs, t-shirts, you name it. All the stuff is there, but we got to hear from these teachers. 
We have to hear from these teachers and we have to hear from individuals that have left the profession because I know that they're out there. We're hearing again from lots of other people and lots of other professions that are saying, that's it, I've had it, I quit. I'm leaving, I'm going to go do something else or I'm going to go teach somewhere else that's not doing this or I'm moving or I'm doing whatever. I fully get it. I fully understand. But I, I, I want to hear from these people because America wants to hear from these people. Even the mainstream media isn't putting nurses on, on television that are saying, we've had it, we're done, we quit, we're not doing this. Even, even they aren't reporting on the understaffing. Even they aren't reporting on the ill effects of the jabs. Even they aren't reporting on the schools administering these jabs to teenagers and then the teenagers are dropping dead. They're not, they're not talking about that. They're not covering that. And they're not going to because we can't expect the abuser to stop abusing. If you expect it, then you're caught in the cycle of abuse and there's no getting out unless you just walk away. So again, plenty going on, lots to pay attention to, but again, stay vigilant, keep paying attention to what's going on, and uh, I'll, I'll certainly be here on Friday, so I'll catch you on Friday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless. <music>